We're going to have a great morning. I really feel that I have a word from God. And if it's all right with you guys, we're just going to pray because I want to pray for you and I'm sure you want to pray for me. I want to hear God. Don't you want to hear God this morning? I want to have a word. I want to have a word that I'm going to take home and that as I walk out, my life's going to be different. And I really believe that God's got a word that he wants each of one of you to hear. So can we just pray? Father, Father, I thank you that you're a good father. I thank you that you love us. And I thank you that there are times in our life when their word has to come. And a word that just completely changes the way we think. The way we do things in our life. And Father, that comes through your word. It doesn't come through the way I communicate or anybody else communicates. It comes through the Holy Spirit and your word. Holy Spirit, I know you're here already. I don't have to ask you and invite you in. You're here. But what I do ask is that every heart is open to that Holy Spirit. Every ear is open to the Holy Spirit. I pray for ears to hear the word of God. I pray for myself that I communicate. And what I communicate is pure you. I'm here to glorify you, God, and I pray that you are glorified this morning through this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Haven't you been just enjoying the Joseph series? It has been so great, you know, about dreams and everything about Joseph's life. I just loved going back and reading his story over and over again. So today, Pastor Julian's just asked me to talk a little bit about certain part of Joseph's life. And it's, I think I've got, oh no, I haven't got it at the back yet. And it's about you're not forgotten. And I want to talk to you about that. Before I do, I started thinking about being forgotten. How does it feel to be forgotten? And I went down into the depths of my memory years and years ago. And I remember the first time I remembered I felt forgotten. Now, I've asked my mum if I can tell you this story, and you'll understand why, because it obviously was the early 70s, and things were a lot laxed, and you'll get some idea when I tell you this. So I was always a little daddy's girl, and I wanted to go wherever my dad wanted to go. And this day, it was on a, I think it was on a Saturday, and my dad had to go down to Orpington High Street. Now, don't think Orpington High Street as it now is. Orpington High Street with bakers, greengrocers, a lovely fishmonger, little department store. It was really twee, little high street. My dad said, I've got to go down. There's somebody who um, I need to talk to about some business, and I've got an envelope to give them. You can come with me. So I probably got in the back of the car, uh-uh, no seatbelts, I'm probably sort of sliding about, as you do. My dad parked where he could, and he said to me, right, you need to stay in the car, because I, you don't want to come with me at all, and I might just need to speak to this man, this adult, so you stay in the car. And that was fine in those days, okay, it's not fine now, okay? Um, so, and I was told, do not get out of the car, okay? What have I said, Sally? I won't get out of the car. So my dad walked off and I watched him walking off. And then you did what every kid does. Oh, so I got in the front seat, I drove the car, I pressed every button I could see, you know, oh, that's really fun. Then went in the back, did some cartwheels and head over heels on the back, slipped off, probably bruised myself. Oh, where's my dad? Oh, where's my dad? Oh, he's forgotten me. We're talking a five-year-old, six-year-old brain here. You know, my dad's obviously got to come back to the car, hasn't he? But you don't think that when you're little, do you? He's forgotten me. He's forgotten me. Where is 
my dad. And I can absolutely remember that horror of like, oh, I'm on my own. He's forgotten me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So, of course, what I did was I opened the car door and I got out. Right, I'm going to find him. And I thought, ooh, I'm not meant to get out of the car. So I'll get back in the car again. But perhaps I'll get out of the car. And this went on, which seems to me like an hour. I think actually it was probably about 10 minutes. But as a little one, I was really thought my daddy had forgotten me. So I sat on the back, leaned over the back, looked out. When's he going to come? And the person come. Oh, my daddy. Where is it? I feel so alone. He's left me. What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, I saw my dad come up. And he'd got me an ice cream, and he got my favourite tutti-frutti ice cream, and he was walking along, not thinking anything was the bother, walking along to see, and my daddy had found me. And I remember so much those feelings of being forgotten. And we today are going to look at the story of Joseph. Joseph has been in prison He has done something, well, he has never done something, but he's been put into, falsely put into prison by his boss's wife. And the boss believes his wife and has put him into prison. And even in prison, you see God's hands upon Joseph because he's a success. And all the prison guards say, oh, Joseph can deal with that. Joseph can deal with that. And there's a king and he's got really ticked off with his cupbearer and his baker. I don't know what I'd love to do. Do you not ever think sometimes? Could there be an appendix? Because I really like to know what they did. Did he burn the cakes? You know, did the cup holder, you know, was he dirty or something? You know, what was it that they'd done really wrong? Anyway, they'd done it wrong. So they'd been thrown into prison. Hopefully it was something big. But yeah, in prison. And Joseph t- talking to them and everything. They say, oh, I've got a dream. I've got a dream. Joseph goes, God. God can interpret dreams. Tell me a dream. Tell me a dream. I can interpret it, and I'll let you know. So they do. One has a good story. One doesn't have a good story. But what happens as they are let out, because it's the the king's birthday, and he releases the cupbearer and the baker. Joseph says this in Genesis 40, 14. And please remember me. And do me a favor, when things go well for me, mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. So they're restored. The baker and the, and the cupbearer are restored. One's released, gets favor, and as we know, one is hung and killed. But, Genesis 40, verse 23, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And how do we feel when we forget? If you know me, I love finding what a word really means because I like to know the feelings that we feel. And I want you to come along with those feelings of being forgotten. To be unable to remember, to treat with thoughtless inintention, to leave behind unintentionally, to banish from one's thoughts, to disregard on purpose, to ignore This morning, some of you may feel forgotten. You may feel forgotten by friends. Maybe some of your friends have really, really let you down. They have forgotten you when you wanted to be remembered, and they've just dismissed you. They've forgotten you. And you know that you would never have done that to them. 
and you feel forgotten. Maybe some of your family have forgotten you and you feel they just forgot me. They didn't invite me to this or that. They didn't ring me up when they knew things were going on. I feel forgotten. Maybe you feel forgotten by your parents. Maybe your sibling is getting all the, whoa, look at him, look at her, she's so great. And you'll think, I feel forgotten. Maybe you've been forgotten at work. Maybe you just got disregarded for that promotion that you thought was yours because actually you've been doing that job and you were forgotten. And do you know what? There might even be some of you who feel that you've been forgotten by God and you're sitting here this morning and you're feeling like, where are you, God, in this situation? I feel forgotten by you. Do you know this morning I'm here to tell you, you are not forgotten. God has not forgotten you. He remembers you. You are precious. You are a child of God and he knows you by your name. You are not forgotten. All through his life, Joseph had to forget and he had to forgive. Let's remember some of the things that we know about. There must have been a lot. I mean, Arnie did such a great job of introing this preach about the ups and downs in our lives. We just hear of a few in Joseph's, but some of them were horrific. Joseph was hated by his brothers, sold as a slave. He needed to forget that. He needed to move on. He needed to get on with his life, his dreams, but he needed to forget them. He was then arrested for a crime he didn't commit and where he had acted honourably. And he was placed into prison. Yet another thing, he had to forget It wasn't fair. How many things in our lives aren't fair? It's not fair I was treated like that. And we need to forget. He was forgotten, as we've done the story. After he'd done a good thing, he'd helped those men. He'd helped them and told them what that dream was. And he had forgotten, been forgotten. And how can you just imagine Joseph when he sees and sort of the days count by and he thinks, they should have said something to Pharaoh by now. They should have said something. I've been forgotten. I've been forgotten. I'm in prison. And I have to say, I really do believe that Joseph must have thought, God, you gave me dreams. You gave me dreams. Have you forgotten me too? What about my dreams, God? I'm in prison and I've got dreams. So how do we forget when bad things happen to us? I think the thing we need to know is bad things will happen to us. And as you can see from the amazing offering, that they're there, they're those ebbs and flows, they just happen. And Joseph's life is just up and down, up and down all the time. And we can learn that in our lives, that things do happen. But when bad things happen, the level of the damage it does to our lives is dependent on our response to it. I'm going to say that again. The level of damage it does to our lives is dependent to our response to it. How we respond to the bad days is how much damage. How could Joseph's story have been so different? Do you not think if he'd let all those bad things happen to him, do you really believe he'd been in the Pharaoh's um, castle? Pharaoh's castle, I'm going to say it, Pharaoh's castle, and been in charge of everything. 
Do you really believe that would have happened? Because I don't think it would have. Do you think it'd have been that success if it held on to all the damage it had been done? Do you think he'd have been had his dreams fulfilled if he had held on to all the things that had damaged him and all the unforget all the things that he needed to forgive in his life? I don't think it would. I don't think we'd have had. Genesis 40 and 39 in the Bible, because he had just been this man who bad things happened, and he just chose. And that's the point I want to say. We cannot choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we respond. We cannot choose what happens to you us. And I just want to say something, because it sounds at this moment, that I'm being really harsh. I'm going to put my pastoral voice on and say, do you know, there probably are some people sitting here and you've had some really bad things happen to you. And I am so sorry. They've been really traumatic. And you need to choose to ask for help. We're talking about serious, serious stuff. So when I punch it home about some things, you need help. And I'm not talking about you. I don't want you to think, oh, she's so uncaring. But I, I want you to know that there are people who would like to help you. If you've been involved in anything abusive, if anything, people have come into your privacy and they've abused you in that situation, we love to help you. But for the rest of you who've had those Joseph situations, you've got to choose. You've got to choose how you respond. So during this time, Genesis 41, during this time before the first of the famines, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Ansineth. I'm getting to the end. I'm doing the end before. The daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. Joseph was helped by God to forget, and he became fruitful. He was fruitful wherever he went. You can see how, God, how Joseph did not let the ups and downs sought out his dreams. They did not finish his dreams. Think of him. He's in uh, Potiphar's uh, room. He's given so much favour. Then he's put into prison. Uh-uh, another bad thing. But then he's given so much favour by the people who own the prison. He's given favour there. He's then bought out and he finds favour again and becomes second to the king. I just believe that is because he forgave. He got on and he left his past behind. He was fruitful as a slave. He was fruitful in prison. And he was fruitful running Egypt for the Pharaoh. And I just want to read this verse. Not that I have already attained or am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And that's Philippians 3.12, which is probably at the back of me, lovely. We need to forget and we need to move forward. Joseph needed to deal with his past hurts to become fruitful. He'd been betrayed by his family, wrongly accused and forgotten. In that verse, when it says forgetting, can I just say, it doesn't mean how we think forgetting. There are some of you here, and I've just spoken to you, you've had traumatic times. For me to tell you to forget that is crass, okay? We're not talking about completely forgetting something because you can't forget some of the things. What you can do is not to focus on them, not to put them in front of your eyes, not to pay attention to them all the time. I think we've all known people who have just sort of, you can see them, if they could only get over some of that past. Maybe it's not being the favourite in their family. Maybe it's not being loved by their parents like they wanted to be. Maybe their business collapsed. Maybe they weren't chosen for that job. And you can see them, they settle in that lifestyle. They don't forget. They pay attention to what was done to them and that's in front of their eyes. They can't see anything else. They can't dream dreams. And we are in the day of dreaming big dreams. Some of you need to put your past behind you to see the dreams that God's got for you. They are big dreams. They're going to make your life so different. You're never going to feel the same. You can actually suddenly feel, this is me. This is who I was called to be. This is what God called me to be. Because this is my dream. But you need to get the things out which you can see in front of your eyes. The past hurts. What is it this morning that we need to forget, not focus our attention on? And press on to the goal of fruitfulness. A vine dresser, sorry, we're going to have a bit of gardening here. I couldn't not preach without a bit of gardening, could I? A vine dresser is to prune the vine, and he cuts away the dead, diseased, and damaged, the three Ds of pruning, my husband would say, and any excess growth. Did you ever think if the vine could speak, don't you think it would cry out in pain and wonder why? cutting that out of me. Ah, that was my lovely growth. I know that was disease, but it's going to get better. And oh, no, that's not dead. It'll come back, it'll come back, come back. But no, that vine dresser, he's ruthless. Snip, 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 snip. But when harvest comes, what would that vine dresser say? What would that vine say then? As the harvest comes, as the boughs are laden with fruit. Jacob said of Joseph, Joseph is a fruitful bough, a main branch of the vine, a fruitful bough by the spring, a well, a fountain. Its branches run over the wall, influencing others. Who wants to be a fruitful bough here? I do. 
I do. Do you know what, though? As you put your hands up, you need to know it's pruning. There's a pruning. And this morning, it's going to be a pruning time. You are going to get pruned of those things that you need to let go. You're going to be pruned of those things that you've had in front of your face for a long time. Those things that make you think, I don't want to do that. No, no, I can't do that. Oh, no, I can't, I can't do this. Joseph became fruitful as he forgot his past with the hurts and disappointments. And if we want to become fruitful, we need to prune and forget and remove our past. So how do we do that? Number one, we make a decision to let it go. Do you know, sometimes those things are in our past. Can I say they become our friend? So you walk along with disappointment. Hi, disappointment. Yeah, I'm not going to do that because I was disappointed. Come and be my friend. Come and be my friend. Do you know what? I want to tell you, your past hurts are not your friend. They are your enemy and they're stopping you being you. So you need to get rid of them. If I had a dinner party, oh, I've got so many lovely people I'd love to invite round. But you know, some of you are having dinner parties and you're inviting all your past hurts round. Oh, come and have a meal with me, disappointment. Oh, come along with me, hurt. Oh, come along with me, criticism. Come and sit and eat with me. Do you know, today's the day you're evoking those invites. You're saying no more to those invites. You're not having it. They're not welcome. You don't want them in your house anymore and you don't want them in your life. If you think of a sprinter and they have got to run a race, that's their dream. My dream, oh it's not my dream so I can't even do it. My dream is not to sprint. Okay, if my dream was to sprint, I would be, yeah, I'm going to sprint, I'm going to run. Do you know what would slow me down if I put a backpack on? I can't sprint with a backpack on. I can't run that race. Swinging it round. What does God tell us? We're meant to run the race. We're meant to run the race of life. Some of you can't because you've got a backpack on. You need to take it off. It's a backpack full of your past. It's full of those things that people have said to you. Those things when you felt forgotten. Those things that have situations have happened in your life. You want to run the race? Who wants to run that life race? I want to run that race. I want to press on and see that goal which is Jesus Christ. I want to do that. But I know to do that, I need to be pruned. I need to take my backpack off and I need to say to some of those people around my dinner table, out now. Get out now. Because I have got a dream and I'm going to fulfill the dream that God has for me. If you have it in mind, if your mind goes over and over focusing on things that have happened, your thoughts will be full of negativity. So your life will move in a negative direction. When you set your mind on life, your dreams, the things you want to achieve, emotions will follow. Stop reliving the stories. You're just the victim of somebody's horrible actions. Make a decision to stop it. Can I also say it again, and I'm going to keep saying this, and ask for help. If you need help getting over these horrible actions that have happened to you, we're here. We're here for you. It says in Colossians 3 verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Let's set our mind on things above, not things on the earth. Number two, know you have a future. As you let go of the past hurts, you need to focus on the now. 
your future. God's plans for you are good. He has a future and he has a hope for you. Make some goals. Start making goals. I am going to do this. As, the start, as you start letting go of those past things and start thinking, do you know what? Perhaps I could do this. Perhaps I could do that. Start making some goals. Make little goals. I love things like um, the, the um, couch was couch to 5K. I love that because you do it in little bursts. And sometimes you do it, I've done little bursts, sometimes in things like even losing weight. But you need to set a goal. If I say, oh, I'm going to lose weight, I'll tell you I'm not losing weight. But if I say, mm, I'm going to drop four pounds, I'm going to drop four pounds. If I say that I'm going to go, I want to get fitter, which is one of my goals, I'm not going to get fitter. But if I say, do you know what, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, I'm going to do uh, a weightlifting, I'm going to do some cardio, I'm going to do this, which I actually am doing, I'm going to do it. Make goals that you can achieve and sometimes make them bite-sized. Then you, when you achieve them, you can cheer them on. Because why? We've got dreams and you want your dreams fulfilled and your dreams might look really, really big. But have that big dream, but make little goals to see you get to that big dream. But know you have a future. Number three, forgive them and yourself. And if the band would like to come up now, forgive them and yourself. I have a quote here because it is true. We have to forgive them and we have to forgive ourselves. Quote, holding a grudge is like eating poison and expecting someone else to die. Here we go. Holding a grudge is like eating poison and expecting someone else to die. How many times do we hold on to grudges? How many times? And they're in a backpack. How many times do we have offences? Oh, and they're in the backpack. We need to let them go. Do you know what forgiveness does? It releases you from the cage you're in. Some of you here, you need to be released. God wants you to release you this morning. He wants to release you from the cage you're in. Release you from the things that you're holding on to. Those things that you've not forgotten. And those things of when you were forgotten. God wants to release you this morning. Jesus Christ came for freedom. Freedom isn't being in a cage. Freedom isn't being able, not being able to run your race. Freedom is running your race, running your race, not anybody else's, but your race. And freedom is being out of the cage. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. Don't think, oh, well, I don't really feel like forgiving them. I don't think I feel that I haven't forgiven them. No, you make a choice. I'm choosing to forgive. Joseph had to choose to forgive. He had to choose to forgive his family. He had to choose to forgive the Potiphar's wife. He had to choose to forgive the cupbearer and the baker. And I'm sure there were many other times they had to choose. As we choose to forgive, our dreams will come. We will become that fruitful bough. I want to tell you a story about an oyster. You might already know this, but an oyster. The oysters obviously open and shut their shells quite a lot, but they've been created with this substance called nacre. 
I think I've said it right. I might not have, but you, you will believe me. And it's a substance that protects the oyster. So when some sand or sharp object or even a parasite comes in, the nacre will come round and it will actually protect this little oyster. And what it does, it becomes the pearl. And you see the pearl comes about if the substance just doesn't seem to be there. The oyster dies and it becomes an empty shell. How many people do you know who are empty shells? Because they've not forgiven. They've not let go. They're holding on to the past. They've got the backpack on. They probably can't even walk with it. It's so heavy now. But you know, what God does for us, when the sharpness of life comes in, and those things come in to try and steal, kill and destroy us, we were, equi- we were equipped and created with a spiritual equivalent of that nacre that that oyster has. And do you know what it's called? It's called forgiveness. So an oyster, it just comes around the oyster. And anything that gets into that oyster, it's just protected. We need that forgiveness. And we need to bring forgiveness into our lives so we can dream big and dream all those things that God has spoken to us about. Number four, lastly, we need to speak to the future. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I have do one compelling focus. I forget all the past and I fasten my heart to the future instead. Philippians 3.13 again. Hey, come on guys, don't live in the past. Whatever it is, failed marriage, failed business, maybe your family's not where it wanted to be, maybe you've been forgotten in things, but there's just some pursed heart hurts going on. Speak to a fruitful future. Start seeing your future and seeing it fruitful. Start seeing those dreams, maybe those dreams that you pushed down a long, long time ago. Maybe you're just going to see them as they start coming up. This morning is a morning of getting free. Let's just admit it here. It's a morning of taking that backpack off. It's a morning of saying, yes, do you know what? Like Joseph, I want to be fruitful in my life. I want to see those dreams, those dreams that God gave me, maybe 20, maybe 10, maybe five years ago. And I want to see them fulfilled. And I know to do that, I need to get rid of this backpack. I need to run this race. So I'm going to ask all of you right now, I'm going to ask you if you need to say, do you know what? I'm standing up. I'm going to stand up for freedom. I declare that there'll be freedom in my life. I want this freedom. I've had enough. I've had enough of inviting disappointment, upset, offence, hurts into my dining room and sitting around my table. I don't want them anymore. I want to be free. I want to be truly, truly free. I'm going to ask you just to do one thing because you're going to say, you're saying yes to this. By saying yes to this, I want you just to very quickly rise to your feet. Just stand up right now and say, yes, I want freedom in my life. I do not want this anymore. I am fed up not being free. The past hurts are gone. I'm saying goodbye to them. And I'm going to pray for you right 
just raise your hands up? Holy Spirit is here. They get, the Holy Spirit is going to move so strongly on some of you. It's just going to leave you. That nacra, that forgiveness, like that oyster, is going to come into your lives. You will never be the same again. So Father God, right now I pray and I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're here. And I pray for every single person here who's standing on their feet. I pray for, that they will, they, they will be free indeed. Because Father God, you say that Jesus died for freedom and we are free indeed. So I declare freedom over every single person. I come against past hurts now in the name of Jesus and I break them in Jesus' name. I break the words that have been spoken over people's lives, the past offences that have come over people. I break all of them in Jesus' name and I declare these people will dream again. I declare dreams over people. I Holy Spirit. 